Hello FI Europeans, this is Matthias. Today I have me sharing ideas on fintech. We explain what it is and review how it changed our lives in different areas. We also share how we came across it and talk about the apps and services we use. You can also find out more about them in the show notes if you're curious. And we also would like to hear what services you use in your country. So you can post it in our Facebook group at financial-independence.eu slash community or go to the blog comments in the show notes and post there. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another podcast episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. So today I've got my co-host Matthias with me. Hey, Matthias. Salut. How are you and what are you drinking this morning? Um, espresso as usually, and I'm I'm fine. Yeah, not affected by coronavirus. Everything running. Nice one. Actually, I have vacation today. Even better. I would love some vacation. So I'm just drinking my usual instant coffee at home. Uh, no fancy espresso machine over here. I would love to have that one in the future. But how hey, can you drink that? <laughs> oh, I've got good. I've got good coffee later at work. So that makes it a lot more easier for me and cheaper. So. Today's episode will be fintech, financial technology. Matthias and I um, have both had some experience with it work-wise, professionally, privately. And we're just going to cover um, the topic and the industry in general today and how it can be of value to yourself and how you can utilize it to get faster, to find and make it a little bit easier. So just to get started, a very quick breakdown of what fintech actually is, because I think many people, they might have just heard at some point and you say fintech, what the heck is that? And they don't realize are actually already using many services that are out there you can actually utilize. So quick breakdown. Fintech, what is it? Financial technology. Fintech is used to describe new tech that seeks to improve and automate the delivery and use of financial services. At its core, Fintech is utilized to help companies, business owners, and consumers better manage their financial operations, processes, and lives by utilizing special software and algorithms that are used on computers and increasingly smartphones. Fintech, the word is a combination of financial technology. Just a very quick definition. So a few examples of this and things we've been seeing over the last years really rising up. So if we are looking at, say, the last five, six years, it's really the banking apps we've been seeing going up more and more. And also, I think, what people are most familiar with. N26, Revolut, TransferWise, really those are the ones I at least came across with personally for the first time. And was amazed by them because I used to pay for my bank 250 a month or five euro, I believe even at its highest monthly fee. And then I came by uh, this bank N26 and was like, wait, this is free? I can just utilize this and the services are superior and there's a mobile application. And when I have to sign up, I actually don't have to go to the bank. I can just use it, sign up and talk to somebody through the sign up runners and just get it done. And I was like, okay, wow, that is amazing. So that was my first experience a number of years back, really with like the first core fintech app um, I was using back then, which I quite liked. And actually funny thing is uh, four or five years back, actually now three years, I would say, I was part of a study group at my university where uh, the topic was actually fintech companies and how to utilize them and what they could do. And I uh, recorded a very short video of a very young me talking about fintech and how it works in the Netherlands, in the banking sector. We'll link to that one in the show notes if you're interested. Ignore my hair back then. But yeah, anyway, that's my kind of like breakdown with 
FinTech adverse experiences. So Matthias, I know you've also had some professional experience with it and uh, have been a very seasoned follower of the FinTech scene. Could you like enlighten the audience? What, what is your first experience being with FinTech? Um, first of all, uh, in 2015, so basically I used a lot of crowdfunding platforms back in, in 2011. I would also consider this as FinTech and also early peer-to-peer -peer lending platforms. But in 2015, it really speeded up because I went with some friend of me. He's a developer to the Bankathon. It's a hackathon for banking and for digitalized banking and um, creating new products. So there are a lot of people who pitched also still have fintechs going on like a bookkeeping software with artificial intelligence and and so on and so on or finance guru it's a money dashboard in in, in germany to collect uh, information from multiple accounts yeah and that was the initial um, thing and we developed an application for measuring the performance of your portfolio and even more multiple portfolios so and we connected with a brokerage account and then you could also have a chart and see how how good you perform could benchmark to to like an etf or whatever and see how many, many different uh, dividends are inflowing. And that was really different at the time. Uh, and I also um, founded a fintech meetup here in Cologne. Uh, right now we have more than 1,400 members in the fintech meetup. And yeah, and the fintech meetup actually was more successful than the app. Um, the app is still there, but I'm not really involved anymore. And there are also other services now. But if you're interested, you can yeah send me an email. And um, yeah, the fintech meetup is still going on and um, you can collaborate with different people. And I'm also IT consultant um, in, in the banking sphere. And that's why I also could, um, yeah, I could um, use this knowledge from digitalization and from, from, from uh, digital banking within my, my day job. And yeah, that's really good um, also to connect to the people and also, also learned about how to, how to run a meetup. I mean. That's also nothing I, I could do before. So it's, I'm really thankful for that experience and um, for the opportunity I'm, I was giving to me. <laughs> nice one. And let's now, I would say, jump back to like, what's the actual value of FinTech? How can you practically use this? What are we using ourselves? So there are many services out there that you can actually utilize right now, probably already using a number, and we're going to run through them. The SME myself, but just to get started with the first one and probably the most effective one, lower fees and brokers. So they can be called zero fee brokers, low cost brokers. But two examples will be trading 2112 and the Jiro. So I personally use them both, mainly the Jiro. And they're just really very, very cheap brokers that have utilized technology and just faster, easier, cheaper ways uh, over the internet to set up a brokerage company to offer you very cheap services, which means you no longer pay 10 euro, 15 euro for a trade and you either do it for free or for very low cost. But brokers, the Jiro is a bit more established. Trading to 12 is a bit newer, but both do the job, uh, a very new, um, nice user interfaces, and just buy something cheap, buy an old, boom, does the job well. And I think for many of us, that's the very first indicator of obviously, you know, how do I make a better return? Lower cost, lower fees, all oh, love that. Next one, I very much enjoy and also use a lot myself because uh, it's TransferWise, which in essence is just an FX exchanger, so foreign exchange, changing different currencies between countries in a very easy and cheap way and all done online, uh, which obviously makes it far cheaper than having to go to a location, change euros to dollars or something. And that's very effective. So that's something I'm using a lot myself. Uh, up to a couple months ago, I used to have pounds, US dollars, 
euros and New Zealand dollars and some Australian dollars. And between all those currencies, it's just a pain to have to manage them all. And TransferWise was a very easy way for me to transfer everything in between them, do it in a cheap way. And they've also got something that they call a borderless account, which is an essentially just a virtual account where you can hold different currencies and have a debit card and you can link whatever currency you want to spend to the debit card and spend it on the spot instead of using your domestic currency. So you can always spend in the local one and keep it as cheap as possible, which I very much like. I've used so far a couple of times and it works well. So those are very two practical examples I've been using myself. And another one I would really like to mention is Raisin. Raisin is a marketplace for European savings accounts where you can, in essence, just compare, okay, I've got an account in Portugal and Germany and they offer these and these rates, which is the best rates. Let's jump to that country and open an account here. Amazing thing of our European market that we can utilize and use it in that way. Obviously, always check the legislation for many European countries. Up to 100K um, is covered by default. So even if a bank happens to go bankrupt, um, you always get it back and it might take a bit of time. But in that way, you can get higher interest rates and not settle for that because at least in the Netherlands and, and the UK, interest rates are very low and like the best you can get is like in a fixed account it's maybe like 1.5 percent interest and that barely keeps up with inflation so having the opportunity to jump between countries and utilize offers because often there are also sign up offers for bank accounts and you know just get a little bit of extra cash it never never hurts the next one i would really still like to mention is revolut so i already talked about n26 as a bank i really first came in touch with Revolut is uh, a bit more international than N26 and has some more features added to it in terms of they allow um, for crypto to also be traded in and to spend in. And I very much like their interface. I'm using both platforms. N26 functions more as, say, my current account for Euro purposes. And Revolut is more my... uh, Okay, I need a very easy way to spend money internationally and exchange it between people accounts. And those both have a purpose within, say, kind of like my fintech infrastructure of my life. And then kind of like the next one, which I very much would like to ask Matthias to answer, because he has a lot more experience with it than I do if it comes to peer-to-peer lending platforms. And the earlier ones he has been seeing, I'll add a quick note myself in terms of uh, that I've been using peer-to-peer lending platforms and we can also call this fintech probably for the last six, seven years and was an early adopter of platforms back in the Netherlands and invested a couple of thousand, nothing major, uh, but very much enjoyed that. Lovely nowadays, we have far more and larger platforms, which are far more advanced and offer better features. So Matthias, could you maybe run the audience to like, what have you got available fintech peer-to-peer wise? Yeah, what you also mentioned uh, um, is the low, lower fees and also the international access. And that's also especially for our audience is important, international access, because they, um, our audience are sometimes roaming between the European countries or even coming from the US to to Europe. And that's why the, the international access um, of savings accounts um, is important. But you also can take advantage of, um, for example, investment opportunities. For example, with peer-to-peer, you can invest in, in different countries. Yeah, you sit like here in, in Germany, you can invest in Mexico, you can invest in Spain and loans of Spain and so on. So it gives you much better access um, to investment opportunities, not only in your own country. And yeah, that's what what I really like about it. And yeah, also we have the pan-European banks like N26 and so on. Um, You also, they they use, make, take advantage of the ZIPA standards or the the, um, European standard for, for banking. 
And yeah, it's much easier to to create accounts with them and um, also use the features across um, uh, different countries. Um, we also have Revolut as a digital bank and so on. And that's really good. And also from a re regulation payment or from a payment perspective, we also have new uh, things like Instant SEPA, for example, that you can send a payment from, for example, I sent Araminta a payment uh, yesterday from my German account to uh, her account and was there instant in, in just one second. Um, and if you remember, just a couple of years ago, You needed to wait uh, three days, uh, three bank working days until the payment was there. Or you, you had to use PayPal, which is also kind of fintech, but uh, it's, it's a little bit older. And um, yeah, that's just something we take for granted, but it's just there for three years. With a friend of mine, I had a, a challenge uh, not to use cash uh, for more than one month. And I tried to pay everything with Apple Pay. Or, um, or my phone uh, or cards and uh, without spending um, the sturdy coins with coronavirus um, um, <laughs> in a bar and so on. Um, and it's, it's possible. So I went like 30 days straight um, traveling and so on, buying things for me to food, uh, hotel, pay the hotel, pay the train, show the train ticket and so on. Um, much easier than like 10 years ago. Um, Yeah, that's um, really, really good. And maybe also one thing I want to emphasize is that in early days, you had one bank or one guy in a bank you, where you walk to and uh, he's your uh, responsible person for your banking and the single, uh, single point of contact. And right now also, I think there's an opportunity for, for big brands, for banks to create a single point of contact um, online in their, in their, in their banking. Um, as you have seen, maybe uh, many banks also offer more and more products in their banking and online banking tools. For example, in my account, I only had one brokerage account and one normal account. But now I can see all of my other accounts from other banks. Thanks to PSD2 uh, regulation, they can connect with other ban banks, get the data and so on. And now they also can sell me insurance and they can I can also manage my insurance from my um from my from my bank account and maybe later on they will also sell me some loyalty cards and some some other products so i just need one website maybe to to have an overview um about all of my financial things so it's a great opportunity also for for big brands to integrate fintech services and to to create more value and especially if because they can't really make money anymore from just offering banking. So they need to provide additional value for their customers. And I will, do you also use these multi-banking things like I, in Germany, there's FinanzGuru or thing, the apps where you can have all of your bank accounts in the pocket and see also how much you spend for, for food and for alcohol, maybe. <laughs> do you use one of these apps in the UK, especially? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got one called Money Dashboard I use in the UK. Uh, which we actually recently interviewed. So go back and listen to that interview as well, because it's very interesting to just get a bit of insight in how these platforms work. But yeah, I really enjoy just having all my accounts and credit cards um, in one overview because it allows me to just have a quick look. Um, okay, what am I spending? Where am I spending that? Recently, what I did is I ran a search for 2019 and where did I spend the most? In which supermarket did I spend most of my money? And I kind of narrowed it down to the top three And then through a loyalty program of my employer, I bought discounted vouchers for the supermarket. So in the end, managed to get like a 20% discount on a hundred 
pound card. So that was an amazing way to get an insight because I had a very easy information overview to work with. One thing I also wanted to mention is, because uh, Matthias, you mentioned Apple Pay and just being able to switch like, you know, in terms of paying and just solely stick to your phone. One thing I'm actually doing is I probably done like 20 different uh, cards on Android Pay or Google Pay. And whatever card is most suitable at that point in terms of loyalty points or cashback, I'm using in the stores to pay with. In my case, it's American Express, which gives me a 0.5% cashback on everything I spent. And that works amazingly because I just go everywhere. And I, I would say 85% of stores allow me to just spend uh, and buy whatever I need like that. And it just makes it easier. And one thing I also really want to emphasize is Diaz, you know what we're doing? We're kind of forming a portfolio of tools, a software suite of fintech tools from different companies with different purposes, which just really um, you know, makes our life easier because that's the whole goal in the end. Make things easier, cheaper, and faster. Th- that's the very question you should ask yourself if you're looking at a service. Does this make my life better? Yes or no. And if it's no, then don't bother. If it does, go for it. And with most of these services, I do generally think they're saving me time and they make things faster. And if you cross use them, they create leverage and information opportunities we simply didn't have available before. So like that's that's it for me. Um, so if it came to like these information overviews, these information hubs, have you used them for any t- particular purposes yourself, Matthias? I tried all of these dashboard apps. There was one good app that I used also since uh, 2011, where I could uh, really see all of my my data. But right now, I think. They are not good in automatically categorizing your spendings. There's always something to, you have to manually um, to adjust. Um, I personally have um, a kind of money dashboard in my in my, my bank account by uh, with Com- Comdirect. So I can see, that's a bank in Germany, so I can see everything I, um, we spend as a family. And uh, we, we then categorize it once a month. Um, but it's still, it's still work. But it's a great way to keep track of your expense. And it's also faster, I think, um, or easier than a spreadsheet uh, because it's more automation and keeps its leverage the, the information also other people are adding to, to this um, service. So it's, you save a lot of time doing your expense tracking if you don't want to track it down to the particular purchase you have made in the supermarket. That's, of course, you, you can see, but you can see I spend too much in the supermarket and that's, uh, that's enough, I would say. And, and one thing, I also think we can go to the end, just one thing for, for developers or for, for people who want to found a company. And because right now it's much easier to create an app yourself. For example, if you, if you need an authorization or an, um, if you need to authorize people, um, you can integrate services like ID now where you have, um, where you can sign up for a new service via a video via a video call and you can show your passport and so on and you can open a new bank account for example in like five minutes yeah you don't have to go to the post office and so on and um, you can also do the money laundering kyc uh, process with artificial intelligence services that you can embed in your in an app what you co- what you maybe uh, want to develop or um, you can even if you say you want to create a bank for farmers uh, you could make uh, leverage uh, white label banks like Solaris Bank, which offer a complete uh, banking backend that you can, where you can run a bank, and you just need to do the customer interface and the marketing and so on. So 
And also, if you want to create a, an app for brokerage, brokerage or tracking performance, there are new data services for, and not just Morningstar, but like Signite, where you can get the data from the from stock markets and commodity markets in real time, and um, yeah, make use of it. But I think also fintech solves problems. A lot of problems saves time, makes life easier, but it also creates uh, new ones like privacy. You open your bank accounts also for other services to connect with, and you have like platform logins, like in, with Apple Pay, as I want to lock you in in to get your data to sell you additional uh, credit cards from Apple and so on. So you have login and you have uh, privacy issues, and also uh, traditional banks will will lose jobs. They have to they already cut um, their jobs in the short term, and I think it will also continue. So many people have to look for a new job. And also banks are dependent on, on public cloud infrastructure. For example, Mintos is using AWS from Amazon. So if, if, if a cloud from Microsoft or uh, Amazon is, is, uh, went down, then also many services uh, don't work anymore. So we st think we still need uh, some cash or some gold coins in our pockets um, just to make sure that we are able to pay also. What do you think? Is there any any problems you see, you see uh, on the horizon arising? If it comes to like security and privacy risks, I mean, I've never had a service so far that I couldn't reach whenever I wanted to reach it. But yeah, they're still made by human beings. So definitely a chance of them going down at some point or not being accessible. So yeah, that's that. But at the same time, having different bank accounts and services and spreading them out also diversifies that risk away. Remember in 2008, where many people, when the banks went down under, they lost a ton of money because they had too much cash with a bank. Having this opportunity to jump between different banks and services and spread your cash also, in some extent, minimizes that. But yeah, anyone, Matthias, I would agree with that one. I would say, let's slowly round this up and finish with our two questions uh, we really want to ask our listeners. So I'll start with the first one. So... Guys, what is your favorite fintech service? What is the one thing you're using? And let us know in the Facebook group because there are probably many ones out there we don't know yet and would be very valuable to use. Also in the in the different countries, like we don't know brokerage account in Croatia or in what are people using in Italy. So that would be really interesting to make a list for every country. And yeah, I'm also curious from a professional perspective what's what's out there. So let us know. Let's discuss and We also mention all uh, companies in the show notes, I would say. And yeah, maybe you find some new service and make your life a little bit more yeah, easier and simple. Awesome. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, Matthias, do you think there are not enough financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? 
Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.